filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Caligiuri. What's shaking, everybody? Hope you're all doing really, really well and are ready to crack into a brand new business book this week. Remember, everyone, what we're doing here is we're reading a business book a week. I'm reading a business book a week. If you can't read it, that's why you're here. Cut the Crap Podcast every single week. I'm going to bring to you the golden nuggets from the business book that I'm reading. So if you're too busy, just tune in to me. I'll make it easier for you. So this week we got a fantastic book, a cute little short read here, and uh, a book that's uh, been a number one bestseller for a lot of years. I think four years in a row this bad boy was a good uh, uh, number one seller. Who Moved My Cheese? Who Moved My Damn Cheese? Solid book, actually. When I first read it, I was a little bit surprised because I was expecting something completely different. This book really took on the frame of a story, and it told a story with these uh, two mice and two men. So anyways, this book uses cheese as a metaphor for what you really want to have in life, whether it's money, uh, promotion, specific possessions, etc., whatever it is. So as a society, we believe the cheese will make us happy, you know, that end goal. But what happens if that end goal is taken away from us? What happens if your cheese is taken away from you? We all react very differently depending on who we are, the kind of attitudes we have, the personalities, our philosophies on life and and, and work and etc., whatever it is. So essentially, that's what they're trying to capture with this book. There's four characters in this book that represent different approaches taken when confronted with change. So you have the Sniffs, the Scurries, the Haws, and the Hems, and those are all four characters. So Sniffs, that was one of the mice. Sniffs are those that sniff out changes in the marketplace and adjust so that they don't get stuck in a poor situation. So these people, your Sniffs, they're your change agents that they identify new opportunities, new solutions, and they're the ones who are often developing new products, new services the marketplace wants. These are your visionaries. Um, These folks are usually highly strategic in nature. They're thinking big picture. So those are the sniffs. Now you have the scurries. And in the book, again, the scurry is the, uh, the, the second mouse. So scurries like to get things done. They like to take action based on the new direction that the sniffs set out. Uh, because they're so action-oriented, very tactical in nature, they need to be monitored by the scurries or they need to be monitored by the sniffs so they don't scurry off in the wrong direction. So those are your two mice. Then we have the hems and the haws. The haws can be hesitant to change but they still have an open mind that allows them to learn and adapt before it's too late. So those guys are the ones that, you know, they sort of are a little bit skeptical, but they'll come on board if you have enough reasons why uh, it's a good idea. And then we have the hems, the damn hems. Those are the ones who are resistant to change. They're just stubborn. They don't like change. If they don't change, they get poor results. They get fired. Their business fails. Depending on what situation someone's in, the hems don't do very well with change. And as a result, They suffer a lot of pain. So this book essentially, with those four characters, summarizes how people act when they come across change. And when you read this book, what they ask you to do is figure out who you are. Are you a sniff, a scurry, a haw, or a hem? What are you? 
And when you give this book to people in your organization, now this book essentially what they want you to do is give it to other people in your organization because it gets that conversation started around change. And it gets people thinking, what am I? Am I a hem or a ha? Because God, I don't want to be a hem. Hems are brutal. It's kind of that confronting reality. Like, holy crap, if I'm a hem, that doesn't sound very good. So it's a really cool book to give to people, to give them, to make them a little bit more introspective, to look inside and say, who am I really and how am I helping this organization or how am I helping this team move forward? So that's the kind of book that I'm bringing you guys today, Who Moved My Cheese? We don't have many golden nuggets from this one because it is a shorter read. There's four golden nuggets taken from this book. So with all of that in mind, let's get into the first golden nugget. Golden nugget number one, confront reality on a regular basis. So when Hem and Ha, those are the two people. Now, there's two mice and two people. Hem and Ha are sort of the, the slower ones. Uh, what happened was they woke up in the morning and they realized that someone had moved their cheese. And so when they found out that someone moved the cheese, they became angry and very confused. They weren't aware that the changes were occurring because they were too busy enjoying their cheese. So once the cheese finally disappeared, they were pissed off because they didn't see it coming. And so you see that happen in a lot of businesses where they're sitting down, you know, things are good, life's good, margins are great, we have clients coming in, we're making money. Yeah, you know, the competitors are sort of creeping in, but it's all good, we're making money. And that happens quite often. So you see him and Ha face the exact same thing. Now, Sniff and Scurry, on the other hand, they kept an eye out on the cheese and eventually started to realize the cheese supply started to fall into a decline. The supply they had wasn't as big, it started to shrink. And so they saw there was shrinking and they saw there was even mold growing on the cheese. So they knew something was changing. And when it started to really decline and mold, they set off on a brand new path. They didn't necessarily stress about the cheese disappearing. They always knew it was there, but they kept their eyes open and they kept searching for a new source of cheese, which eventually they did find one. So now if I tie this example to businesses, organizations out there, that confront reality on a regular basis will see certain trends happening in the marketplace. They see how the competitors are creeping up. They see the demands that their customers are putting on them. And they make changes very quickly as a result of that. So this is why it's super important for businesses to conduct a confronting reality exercise on their business every single year. This exercise will have you take a high-level look at your business, your products and services, and where they are on the business life cycle. So by asking yourself and your team, because the value is truly in the discussion itself, by asking them where you sit on the business life cycle, you'll reveal a great deal of insight into where you believe you sit. So from the perspective of the overall company, the overall company, you ask yourself, where is our business? Now, if you think about the law of diffusion curve, and we've talked about the law of diffusion um, multiple times. Actually, last week we talked about it on the, the uh, crossing the chasm. So on the crossing the chasm, they have a different sort of way of looking at it. You know, they have the uh, innovators, the early adopters. For this one, your business life cycle, it's the same type of hump. But instead of that, you have at the very beginning, you have startups. And then as you start to move up the hill, you have the growth phase. At the very top, you have maturity. And as you fall down the left side or the right side of it, pardon me, you have cost cutting. And at the very end of that hump, you have decline, essentially where your business is very close to being dead. So now when you draw that up on a whiteboard or whatever it is on a piece of paper and you ask the people in your organization, where would you put us on this life cycle? Would you consider us in the growth phase, in the maturity phase, in the cost cutting phase? Get people to talk about that. 
Now, what that does is it tells you, you as an organization, where are you situated? And what are the next steps we have to take? So if we're in growth phase, we know we have some more ramp up. We might need to grow in a different fashion. If we're in the cost cutting phase, it might be time for innovation because at that point in time, the competitors are creeping in, the marketplace is moving past us. So there's different challenges faced there. That's the overall company. So now what about confronting reality on your revenue streams, your products and your services? So what you need to do there is the exact same thing. You draw that hill, except now you separate it into thirds. The first third is called innovations. In the middle, you have on the bubble. And at the very back end, on the right-hand side, you have commodities. So what are your products and services? Are they considered innovations? Are they on the bubble? Are they commodities? Innovations being those things that are, you know, they're quite unique in the marketplace. Very few people have them. You're making tremendous margins on them. On the bubble, those are those products, those services where you're making some decent margin on it. And you still have a fairly competitive position in the marketplace, but it's actually getting harder to hold price. And then of course, you have commodities where everybody does this. So now when you do that on your products and services, you ask the people in your organization what we offer, go through every single product, every single service you offer, and get people to classify them in those three groups. Where are they? So now that you've classified your products and your services into each one of those three categories, what you need to do is you need to do three things. You need to identify whether you're going to reinvent it. So how do we reinvent this? How do we add more value to this so that it makes it uh, an innovation again in the marketplace? Do you milk it? So we just keep going with the status quo. We don't change it. Let's just continue milking it for what it is. Or third, do you kill it? Is it taking up too much time? Are you not making enough money out of it? If you kill it, will this free up time for something else? Those are the decisions you have to make with your products and services now. So now when we take it back to the book itself, Who Moved My Cheese, with him and Ha, they woke up and all of a sudden their cheese was gone because they didn't see it molding. They didn't see it slowly disappearing week after week. Sniff and Scurry, on the other hand, did confronting reality. They looked at the overall picture and they said, wow, it's starting to get moldy. And oh my God, the cheese supply is starting to decline. And so because they were aware of that, they were able to take preemptive action to now find a new source of cheese. And again, you see the exact same thing. Do you realize when your product or service is becoming a commodity, when the competitors are swooping in? Do you realize that your margins are shrinking? Do you see that customers just don't demand your product or service anymore? If that's the case, it's time to shift gears, time to change. So the big takeaway here, really important to confront reality on your business using some of the advice that I've given you there. Do that exercise with your teams and I think you'll generate some really good insights, but you gotta confront reality on a regular basis just so that you as an organization with your products and services know where you're situated at in the marketplace. Golden nugget number two, find balance in action and in planning. So once the two mice sniff and scurry realized their cheese was gone, they set off immediately looking for new cheese. So instead of over planning, they took more action. They're more action oriented. If there wasn't any cheese at the end of the path they were on, they would quickly move and go on to a brand new path. So while this goes against common business logic that tells us, you know, we need a plan in place before we do anything. The key piece to take away here is not to get too caught up in planning so we take little action. And that's something that we see all the time. I'm sure that you can picture that in your own organization where, you know what, you planned a little bit too much and you didn't do enough action. You had too much reports in place and not enough action. 
You know, we often overthink, overanalyze, overcomplicate situations, and we take so little action. Nothing gets done if you don't take action. I mean, we all know that. I'm not saying anything that's groundbreaking here, but we not only slow ourselves down, but as we overcomplicate things, we tend to gravitate back to safety, the status quo, which brings about no change. And that's the worrisome piece here is that, you know, if you're developing a brand new product or coming up with a new marketing campaign or a new sales strategy, a lot of the times if you're thinking too hard about what you're trying to do, you're going to overcomplicate it. You're going to make it too complex. It's going to be so confusing and no one's going to do it. Or it'll be too complex. And like I said, you're just going to go back to the status quo, which again, does absolutely nothing for you. And when you go back to the story, Hem and Ha were those kind of people. They came up with really complex strategies to figure out, you know, how to get to the cheese. And they figured out, you know, well, knowing which corner to go around and what spaces they should probably go through. And they overanalyzed and made things so complicated. And it was actually laughable reading it because I could picture different organizations that I was a part of at one point in time where they would overanalyze things like this. And even after all their planning in the story with him and Ha, they planned so much, they still didn't get the result they wanted. And they were dejected because they put so much time, so much energy and effort into their plan and not enough into the action. So when they went out there, they had their plan in place. All right, this plan is bulletproof. It's going to work. And it doesn't work. It doesn't get them the results they want. And then what? They put so much time and energy into it and nothing happened. This is why I'm a really big fan of taking action because when you take action, you learn a little bit. And if you learn just 1%, that 1% can then help you move forward a little bit faster. You know a little bit more. You can know which areas to avoid, what to do, what not to do. You see, I think the key to success is recognizing when you're taking action without a plan and then taking a step back to develop a plan of attack and vice versa. Realize when you're over planning and then force yourself to take some action to begin building momentum and gaining potential learning opportunities. So the importance of finding balance in action and in planning is so key. Again, we have him and ha. They were over planners. They made things more complicated. While they were very intelligent, they're very smart, just like everybody is. They made things more complicated than it has to be. So this is a really funny golden nugget because finding balance in action and in planning I know a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on the planning. And of course, everyone knows you need to take action. If you don't take action, you're not going to move anywhere. But we oftentimes, we overthink things because we're too smart for our own good. You know, and that's a problem when we're too smart for our own good. Because now we have to have every report in place, every matrix, and all this crap just overly confuses things. And it slows people down because now they get more fearful. And because they're scared, they have to overplan because, oh my God, we have to get all the answers before we move through. No! Move forward, take some action. When you move forward, take action, you learn lessons. Yes, you make mistakes, but damn it, those are the things you need to move forward even faster. Learn some lessons. Get out there. So again, golden nugget number two, find balance in action and in planning. Don't forget to take action. If you're over planning, stop it. Stop your planning, you guys. Too much planning these days. (laughs) All right, golden nugget number three, developing a change-ready mindset. So once Ha went out and left Hem behind in search of the new cheese, he found it after a while. But once he found that new mound of cheese, 
He learned his lesson and didn't sit on his laurels because he always knew what happened in the past. In the past, he had that big mound of cheese. Man, life was good. I didn't have to worry about anything. He learned his lesson because someone moved his cheese. And he said, damn it, that's not going to happen again to me. So while he had his big mound of cheese at Station N, he didn't stop exploring the maze until he found a new mound of cheese. And so the lesson here is to not have to go through pain before you develop this mindset. So many entrepreneurs and executives develop this mindset over time because they have the scars from the trenches of business. If you can learn this lesson, the lesson that even when things are good, even when your margins are great and customers are coming in and man, life is just damn good, you need to be on the lookout for new opportunities because you'll be in a much more competitive position and you'll live a far happier life if you keep looking for new opportunities once you've already got something going on. And while some people can criticize me and say, nah, that's shiny penny syndrome, Ryan. You know, you, you have to be happy with where you're at and you have to continue to just milk where you're currently at. I don't know, are you gonna argue with me on that one? If you find a true revenue stream that you are finding great success in, you know, you're making a lot of money there, you have to be on the lookout. Again, this comes back to the confronting reality piece. You have to confront reality. Who else in the marketplace is doing something similar to us? What are they doing? Are they offering something very similar? Cool, that's competition. How are we going to do better than that? How are we going to add more value? Uh-oh, is there no way to do it? Okay, how do we do something else? So while we have this revenue stream, our mind is focused on the revenue stream, yes, but at the same time, we're also looking for other opportunities to continue delivering value, perhaps with a new product, a new service, a new partnership, whatever it is, that's the kind of mindset you need to build. And this is the mindset that I think the, the book is, is trying to pull out of us. It's just about keeping your eyes open for new opportunities that can emerge and developing that change-ready mindset. You know, this golden nugget, developing a change-ready mindset is so important. It forces you to really be active in your business, to constantly be thinking. And it's not for everybody. It really isn't for everybody. And you know what? Maybe you're just a hem. You know, maybe you just don't think that way. Maybe you're resistant to change. For organizations that are forward-thinking, are experiencing continuous growth, are continuously innovating, driving new products and new services, always making shifts, always listening to their marketplace, adjusting, giving them more value. Those are the kind of companies that have that change-ready mindset. If you don't have it, maybe it's time you start thinking in that direction. Because while on the surface, it might seem like it's going to make your life more complex, in the end, it's going to make it far easier. And finally, golden nugget number four. Visualize a better future before moving forward. So too many of us get blindsided by big changes because we're scared of change. Change means venturing out into the unknown and making mistakes because we didn't see something coming. But if you never step outside of that comfort zone, you'll never improve. If fear is holding you back, you need to take time to visualize a better future before you move forward. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there who really, um, they, they scoff at things like The Secret. And, you know, The Secret, it's funny. A lot of, I don't want to get on a big tangent here, but 
people get the secret so mixed up. You know, they think about, you know, if I visualize it, it'll come true. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with that. It's actually more about science. It's, it's if you have something in your mind, if you have a goal in mind, a vision in mind, you're going to just attract different things to you. And when I say attract, everyone already throws up their hands and say, oh, God, here we go. All these things are just going to be attracted to you. It's science. It's when you think about something in your mind, the reticular activating system, it's a part of your brain, automatically looks out and searches for things related to that thing that you keep in your mind. So have you ever gone out or, or for example, have you ever bought a yellow car or a specific type of car and all of a sudden you see that car all over the place when beforehand you never saw that car all over the place? Why is that? Is that just coincidence? Not at all. That's the reticular activating system working in your favor. And that's the exact same thing with this law of attraction stuff that everyone's talking about. When you have something in your mind, you're going to attract opportunities. You're going to attract people. You're going to attract uh, experiences. And it's not that they're coming towards you. It's just that you're noticing them more because your mind's focused on that. You know, there's nothing magical or spiritual or anything weird about it. It's just your brain. When you focus on something, yeah, for sure, you're just going to realize and recognize more experiences, more information, more articles, you know, more people who are focusing on that type of thing. You're looking for that stuff. Makes sense. So bring it back to the book. The little man, Hob, when he started to get fed up with his position and, you know, oh my God, there's no more cheese. What he started to do was he visualized a better future. This time when he was alone, he visualized what that better future looked like for him. And that vision helped to inspire him to help him get up and begin exploring the maze for new cheese. So once you have that vision in your mind, that acts as a mental compass, keeping you focused as you take action and begin looking for that new cheese. The issue here is that if you don't have that big vision in your head, you're going to be scared and more frightened by the journey ahead. There's a lot of unknowns ahead. And if you just focus on the unknowns and not that big vision, chances are you're going to be intimidated by all those unknowns. You're going to be intimidated by the complexities, the mistakes you might make in that journey. You know, I really feel this golden nugget is an incredible piece to this book because when you think about it, Ha didn't change until he started to visualize a better future. And his better future was a mound of just different types of cheeses. And he was like, oh my God, I want that cheese. And because he had that big vision in his head, it wasn't until then that he ventured out, left him, and then decided to go off and find that new, new, uh, new source of cheese, which he eventually did find. Now, yes, he hit a few uh, uh, bumps along the way. He hit some, some dead ends. He found little pieces of cheese here and there that weren't enough to satisfy him. But it took him a little while, but he got there. And he went through those difficulties until he got it, but he wouldn't have gotten there if he didn't have that big vision. Chances are if he didn't have that big vision, if he didn't have that, that goal in mind, he wouldn't have made it because he probably would have given up. And how many of you right now have given up because you just didn't visualize? And I know when I say visualize, a lot of people will say, okay, yeah, got it, check, visualize. But so few of you actually do it. How many of you actually have visualized a better future and kept that vision at the top of your head as you move forward through execution? That vision will help you become more passionate, more focused, more direct in your action. Visualize that better future before moving forward. All right, and there we have it. Shorter podcast this week. Nonetheless, just a shorter read. Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. 
you know, it's a solid read, but I would, I would say it's a little bit more of a fluffier read. It's a fun book to read, and you're not going to get a lot of business concepts from it. So that's why I wanted to connect in confronting reality to that, bring in a business concept that can add a little bit more value, give you an exercise that you can use with your teams anytime you want to generate some really good discussion and kind of pull out some good insights and some good overall um, vision in terms of where you're at in the business. And if you're looking at doing a strategy session, for example, or a strategic planning session, that's a great place to have that exercise. In a strategic planning session, man, that generates really, really good discussion. So why don't we wrap this up into a nice little ball. In a nutshell, who moved my cheese? Change is inevitable in business, so you need to learn to be comfortable with it because your cheese is always moving. You need to learn to anticipate change because, again, your cheese its never going to stay in one spot. Learn to monitor change because the sooner you realize something is changing, the faster you can move. So smell the cheese often so you know when it's getting old. Adapt to change quickly because the quicker you let go of old cheese, the sooner you can find new cheese. Change. You have to take action and stop with over-planning. Move with the cheese. Be like the mice and move with the cheese. Don't be like Hem and Han, over-plan, over-strategize, over-complicate things because nothing's really going to help you in that point in time. And while you think you're doing the best thing for yourself, you're merely just slowing the process down. Take action, make mistakes, and learn if you have a boss who allows you to do that. (laughs) Enjoy change and savor the experiences you learn and as you continue on your journey. And of course, enjoy the taste of the new cheese. And finally, be ready to change quickly and enjoy new cheese again and again because the marketplace, competitors, and your customers are always changing. So get used to it. They never stop moving the cheese. I hope you guys found this book to be um, maybe enlightening, maybe informative, maybe a good reminder for all of you. Again, you guys, if you want the uh, hard copy of The Golden Nuggets, do go to bizbookaweek.com. Sign up there if you already haven't. And every single week, what I'll do is I'll send you out a hard copy of uh, a mind map containing all of the core Golden Nuggets with the details around those. It's a nice takeaway for you to have. You can print it up, keep it on your desk. What I like to do is actually like to print these up, put them in file folders. So, you know, if I ever need something, I have that as a reference. I don't have to come back to the podcast again. I I can just go back to those mind maps, pull it out and reference what I was going to look at or or just reread what I was looking at there as well too. So sign up there if you haven't already done that. You guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new business book on Cut the Crap Podcast. Have a good week, you guys.